That's what he, he, I think I saw him post on Facebook that the Hail Mary made him lose the game. Hello and welcome to Fantasy Football Interrupted Season 4, Episode Number 15. This is the podcast for the every person looking for practical advice and managing your fantasy football team and getting into those playoffs. And this wonderful podcast is hosted by the dynamic duo of myself, J Mac, and my amazing, 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 amazing co-host off on a bye week this week. It's Alex K trying to cut you off like I normally do before you say anything nice about me. Yeah, well, I'm getting I'm getting wise to your ruse here, Alex K, and I uh, I, I make sure I'm trying to do a little new tactics. So you can't cut me off. I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting me off. I see you. All right, so Alex, it was a week ten. Week 10 where it's in the books, uh, but before we get to that, I just wanted to do a little bit more of an icebreaker as you started so wonderfully last week to allow our audience to get to know us a little bit more. So I wanted to know, uh, do you have any hobbies or interests uh, outside of fantasy football or interesting points you wanted to bring up? I actually like to scare teenagers around Halloween uh, at Universal Studios Halloween Horror Nights. I was a cast member at House of a Thousand Corpses last year, so that's one of my, my little small joys that I like to do that's not fantasy football. What about you? Me, I'm a bit of a kind of a tech nerd, kind of especially in the Apple sphere. And so I'm always uh, reading up on the latest Apple news. And since they're very secretive, there's a bunch of like rumor sites and the rumor mill. And it's always a big thing. And I listen to a bunch of podcasts, read a lot of articles. So I find that stuff fun. Yeah. What can you tell me? What can you tell me about? uh, Let me see. Like Apple, Apple M1 chip. What is that? Is that is that something I can't eat just one of? Nope. Nope. Can't eat this one. This this chip is the fancy new microchip going into their computers. Microchip. Geez, where am I? Am I 1995? Uh, yeah. So yeah, the M1 chip, that's Apple's new chip. Now they make their chips for their phones and they used to have Intel chips in their computers. Well, now they're making their own chips in their computers. So it's a big deal. It's a lot happening. Uh, a lot of people in this, this world are very excited about the, the prospects of that. Cool. You'll have to keep us informed. I think that's uh, that's interesting. I uh, I didn't know that about you, so I'm glad I'm glad we learned that. Yeah, big Apple nerd here. So Alex, before we move on from your thing, I just want to say Alex loved. He went 110 percent into being a part of the House of a Thousand Corpses last season, and but he still soldiered on, even as tired as he was doing all these midnight shows and late shows. He still came back to record this podcast last season. So if you ever want to listen back, you'll hear it. You'll hear the tiredness, but he still soldiered on to come record and be your wonderful podcast host here. Gosh, that sounds like a binge binge. Listen while cleaning the house uh, on a weekend uh, as like a, a punishment for somebody in your league that lost. Yeah, right. All right, Alex, so let's move on and we'll get into our fantasy talk question of the day now. Uh, I just want to know, get a little more uh, esoteric here, uh, what life lessons do you get from fantasy football? What is the value outside of just money and pride from this racket? You know, like when you're a little kid and uh, you're thinking like it's bottom of the night, it's two outs, it's bases loaded. Two strikes. Uh, pitcher is, uh, you know, that's. That moment that every kid, like, I think every little boy dreams about. Yeah. Well, I, I like dream about it being an analyst. Uh, I think that would be a really fun job to have is is being a part of a team that, that does, like, the sabermetrics uh, thing for baseball, kind of knowing the numbers and being like, nope, this is this person's week. I, I can tell you it's in my it's in my books. 
Well, I know, Alex, for you, the the stats, the analyzing, that's where you really get your joy out of it. And uh, so much so it starts to creep in other parts of your life where even your kid's little league baseball team, you you were the stats guy. You were the one helping out the coaches where oh, in this inning you should put in this guy, this and that. Like you're really bringing your saber metrics to other aspects of your life. Very true. What about you? Uh, what, what, life, what life lessons do you get from fantasy football? Because there's got to be more to it. There has to be. I mean, Alex, after we both lost this week by less than half a point, which we'll get to in a little bit, there has to be something more to it. And uh, I guess I try to learn from this. Uh, don't second guess yourself. Trust your gut. Just roll with it. You know, with with that, don't overthink it too much. You know, ride with your, what your best feel is and just then let it be and, and then enjoy the rest of the games. And then the one big thing that I'm learning hard this season is stay on top of the details. Don't coast. It's been biting me back a couple times this season, specifically two weeks ago, as I talked about losing out on a win. When you say don't coast, do you mean like don't skip a week on the waiver wire? Don't try to make trades? What do you mean by coast? Uh, coasting means don't be on top of your, like the, the the small details of like you have the right amount of people in the game, like on your roster for that week. Don't miss out and have somebody on their bye week on your uh, starting roster. Don't make sure you have too many people on a on your full bench that you're not allowed to have and you lose the game because of it or some other minor thing that you might have overlooked and has ended up making you lose that week. Yeah, and I think we, we've talked about that uh, a couple weeks ago about this is the, the home stretch and there's always the lull for you mm-hmm. and, and most of the years where I've had to blow your phone up at 9 o'clock and 9.30 and no response, but I'll see it change at like 9.50 and be like, all right, he yeah. did it. Yeah, I, I always appreciated that. Alex has pulled back a bit on those uh, those friendly reminders, but that's okay because I've learned the hard way to uh, always be on top of that. I can't, I, can't, I can't rely on Alex because that's not his job. You know, at some point, the tough love, uh, the father of me says that, that you can't, uh, you can't just let people slide like that. Agreed, agreed. Um, unless it's going to affect the person you're playing, then you're going to be like, I want you to make sure that you're, you're not starting, you're starting your guys or something like that. You know, I think once upon a time I used to do it as like a, a mind trick to people, be like, you're really going to start this person, knowing good and well that like I was terrified that they were starting that person. No, but I know, but I'm saying like if you knew you were going up against somebody like in the standings that week and the other person playing them wasn't, didn't have a starter. And you're like, Hey, you need to beat this guy. Put your starters in. Oh, of course. There's, there's always gotta be a little incentive, you know, like, you you know, maybe I want you in the playoffs because the other person is better. You know, I have no idea. I have no idea. Totally. Alex, this isn't a charity, man. This is fantasy football. This is fantasy football, not a charity. Great little fantasy talk question of the week there. So let's move along and get into our top five weekly position rankings. And as usual, we are going to start it off with the quarterback position. And coming in at number five, we have Aaron Rodgers with 26.4 points. He had 325 passing yards, two touchdowns, did have an INT. Uh, And then he also had a rushing touchdown, so that'll do it for him. Coming in at number four, your man, Josh Allen, getting back up into the top five here, bouncing back 
after a couple downer weeks. 28.86 points. Very solid performance from him there. Uh, coming in number three, Big Ben shooting up here. I haven't seen him in a while. 29.32 points. Uh, wow. I, Big Ben's only rostered on 85% of leagues. That's that, that's a weird thing that just kind of sticking out there. Uh, coming in at number two. Wow. He had a big uh, highlight reel event uh, this week. Kyler Murray coming in with 30 points. He had uh, 245 yards, passing touchdown, and two rushing touchdowns. So that man is very dangerous with his legs as well. So I expected Tom Brady to be the number one quarterback this week because of just the trouncing that they had received the week before. And I know how football teams work. That's bulletin board material. It wasn't going to happen two weeks in a row. I told everybody I knew to put in every single buck they had because even myself I had in two of them, two of the wide receivers, and they put up a floor of 10 points each. Um, so I knew that was going to happen. I did want to talk about Big Ben real well, quick. Well, Alex, I do wish you would have told me that because I didn't have one of my guys in that I should have had in, and I could have used that advice. So we'll get to that. We'll get to that. I don't know how we must have missed that, but Big Ben – had only been putting up, he has a floor of 10 points, and a ceiling of 25 points was the highest he'd done. So this week was the best he'd done all year. Uh, so before that, he was pretty much like guaranteed 15 to 19 points. Yeah, and I, I feel like Big Ben, it's been a quieter season for him, I think, this year because they don't quite have the weapons and it's a more balanced offense, but he usually ended up spiking up there at some point. The fact that it's coming later in the season is just a little less normal, but... He's bound to have it. All right, Alex, let's uh, move into the tight ends. Can you tell me about how these tight ends are looking this week? At number five, we have Pharaoh Brown. Uh, never heard of this tight end before, but he's on the Houston I told Texas, you Houston. So that happens. Rotating door down uh, there. Time, that's what they do is go ahead and <laughs> pick up the next, the next tight end on the list. Whoever that is is going to be the tight end we're going to mention on the top five spot next week. I don't know if I've ever yeah, seen I know, that. I know. That, that's why I wanted to do the tight end spot because I wanted to talk about the fact that the number five tight end is rostered in nobody's league. That helps no one uh, with nine points. Then Mark Andrews at the number four spot. With 9.6, Cameron Brait, uh only rostered 1%. Again, it was the Buccaneer, so he was going to eat uh, with 10.6 points. Then Hunter Henry, uh, LA Chargers with 11 points. Rob Gronkowski with 12. So the ceiling for tight ends this week was 12, and the floor was 9. So really didn't matter. Uh, nobody really did big things in the tight end position. So uh, again, those two reasons I wanted to do the tight end spot. Well, I guess when Travis Kelsey's on a buy, it's going to be a, a sad week for the tight ends. Apparently let's do some defense. Let's do the defense. All right. Coming in at number five, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's my guys. They're coming in with 12 points. Uh, coming in at number four, we have Chicago also with 12 points. Uh, they're only rostered in 77% of the leagues. Los Angeles Rams coming in with 13 points, only rostered in 49% of the teams. And New Orleans Saints coming in at number two with 14 points. And Las Vegas Raiders coming in with 16 points. So nothing groundbreaking here. I mean, average for what a top five will be. Nobody really had a big uh, breakout week this week for defenses. Um yeah, I mean, 11, 12, 12, 13, 14, 16. So not, nothing too much to write home Gosh, about here. I, I have a defensive problem myself, but I think we'll talk about that towards the end of the show. I did want to mention the Pittsburgh's pattern here. 
they're not. They never do poorly. Mm-hmm. Uh, their floor. They're usually at eight points or seven mm-hmm. points as their floor. They've had one bad week with a two, but for the most part, here's this weird pattern where they like alternate double digit points. So it's like single digit, double digit, single digit, double digit. So if it's an even week, they're going to have double digit points is what this pattern is. All right. Is. Well, I like I like you pointing out the patterns for my players. I appreciate that. So I'll have to keep that in mind. But I'll, pretty much their floor is going to keep them starting for me anyway. No, they're still in the – it was something that was interesting. We'll watch. Uh, we'll watch down the stretch and see if that continues. It, you know, gosh, of course it's not going to continue. But I just well, there, there's your sabermetrics mind coming out. Uh, and I just want to point out the Los Angeles Rams defense, kind of up and down. They're either down in the single digits, low single digits, or they'll be up in double digits. Like they were like four, eleven, twelve, zero, fifteen, five. The, this week, thirteen. So they're kind of of an up and down team. So only if you really need to stream on a bye week. But I would not pick them up to be your normal defense. Uh, yeah. So outside of that, I mean, nothing else really groundbreaking here. So, all right, Alex, let's move into our current events. Uh, and most of this is kind of just some injury report updates. Uh, first off, uh, happening just recently, uh, Bears QB Nick Foles called it, carted off in the final moments of the Monday night football loss to the Vikings. So I don't know much yet about what happened. Uh, so we'll see. He got bent over backwards during a sack, threw the ball away. Um, I don't know what the actual injury is, but it looked it looked pretty painful. Ooh, that's no good. Mitch Trubisky uh, could possibly get a shot again. We'll see. We'll have to follow the reports throughout the week and see if this is a long term thing for Nick Foles or maybe he just might be out one week. So, I mean, Nick Foles was playing pretty well, I think, overall. So he was a reliable backup quarterback. Um, but Mitchell Trubisky is has no value whatsoever. Uh, next up the big one, actually, I probably should have led with this one. Drew Brees dealing with multiple broken ribs and also a collapsed lung. So he is expected to be out at least three weeks. I, you know, father time just keeps kind of each season catching up with him. Although he came back pretty soon from that, uh, broken thumb last season, much quicker than anybody expected him to. So if there's somebody who can really deal with this kind of stuff, still maybe Drew Brees, but the question is, uh, what do you think about Jameis Winston? Is he a reliable guy to kind of consider this week off the waiver wire? Well, he's not a reliable guy, but when he he is the epitome of boomer bust quarterback, where he's either going to get you a, a very very small amount because of all the turnovers that he gives away, or he's going to put up four hundred and fifty yards, four touchdowns. You know, like it, it, he. He was up there when we talked about mm-hmm. when we talked about quarterbacks. He was up there, and that was he was the most turnoverable quarterback, and was still on that list. Yeah, that was when we were looking through the top uh, final final rankings from last season going into this season. Yeah, he was up, I think, in the top five of quarterbacks. But that that interception rate just kills you. And so it's like some games he has probably insane numbers, but then other games he gets killed because he'll throw like two or three picks. And so, They have Kamara. Do they need him? Do so, they need him to well, throw? Well, here's, here's part of it I'll bring up. Last year, uh, they had Teddy Bridgewater as their backup. And when he came in, when Drew Brees was out, he played really, really well. And I ended up picking him up off my Dynasty waiver wires last year because of this. And I have him on there now he's the quarterback starting quarterback of the Carolina Panthers and he's playing really well so 
you know, it, it's an interesting see if the reclamation project can work two years in a row because that's kind of what it was. I would say Jameis Winston probably is a somewhat similar game to uh, Teddy Bridgewater. So it, it'll be interesting to watch. I, I don't think it's it's worth a flyer if you're really kind of hurting a quarterback right now, especially if you have, obviously, if you're Drew Brees or something like that, um, or if you have an unna- unknown sit-start debate that, uh, you know, you're not sure what you want to do. Oh, absolutely. Um, I, I don't know. I was thinking about uh, – I, I don't really roster a backup quarterback most years. It usually bites me when I have two really strong quarterbacks. <laughs> you, uh, yeah, the, the moment so of indecision comes in when you end up having two strong Always. I, I really like just, you know, start it, forget it. That's that's really what – I don't know. I mean, I we talked about it earlier in the season. I do think having a backup quarterback is important. I mean, we might be getting too past the point of the bye weeks and injuries that maybe you could risk not going with a backup quarterback, but I personally still want one. And let's stick to the Saints news. So Michael Thomas returns. I don't think he really had much of an impact in his game this past week. Uh, just I just wanted to bring it up sort of – what do you think about his long-term rest of the season appeal? Do you think he comes back and plays really well? Uh, do you think that, you know, again, with the quarterback situation now in flux, like it's, he's even more of a risky bet? Uh, if you had him, I would I would want him. I mean, I think he'll bounce back. I just think he hasn't gotten you first-round value. Right. And now would you consider trading him? I would trade for you him. You would trade for him. All right. Yeah, I would try to get Fair him. enough. Because because you know the owner has to be frustrated. So you think that you get you offering some if you're offer some sort of return. Yeah, I I think I think Jake would do that in our league. The one I the guy I trade him to, he probably would offload him in a heartbeat for even just somebody reasonable. Although on the flip side, maybe at that point they've held on this long that they don't you know they could have you know cashed in earlier, but who knows? So I don't know. I I personally it pretty much ruined his season though. It's great. Whenever you, I got the ruin, I almost single-handedly ruined our commission season, and, and it's a really wonderful feeling. And I will bring it up at the end of the season. Could you imagine if he were to actually listen to this too? We should just post the audio to the to the Facebook page so that it's just there, and he can hear all this. Yeah, we should. We absolutely should. That's a great idea. <laughs> I'll look. That would actually their curiosity. Uh, we'll just put, we'll put the clip. We'll just put this clip. Let's then that that'll be it. All right, we'll just drop it there. We won't even put a, put anything in there. We'll just right. drop the audio clip and see what happens. All right, uh, moving on. Uh, some other news: Jordan Howard released from the Miami Dolphins after starting only five games this season. A uh, bit of a fall for Jordan Howard, who played really well while he was not hurt last season for the Eagles, and obviously had a pretty good career up in Chicago for two or three seasons. So, I was pretty surprised that at this like he came in as the starter and you know i i don't know he just seems to be one of these running backs now that might fall off the grid uh could get picked up obviously there's people you know running backs always a thin spot especially this part of the season so maybe so i think he's worth to keep an eye on i i still think he could have talent in my personal opinion so we'll see uh i don't have any thoughts about it all right uh and i how about did you check out did you watch that uh hopkins hail mary catch yeah, I watched it live. I immediately texted you. I was just like, this is this is the most ridiculous thing ever. 50-yard Hail Mary to win the game, to ruin some people's games where they thought they were going to win if they had Kyler Murray or DeAndre Hopkins on their team, and they thought 
oh, I've lost this game, and then bam, they Yeah, I came oh so close to that. But it also turned the tables of a lot of people who probably thought, I have this game in the bag, I'm good to go, and then that Hail Mary catch, it's just like that Christian Leitner. It was triple coverage. It was it was triple I coverage. I kept to watch the replays. I'm like, how did he come down with this ball? It's insane. It's No idea. Uh, I love that man. He's just fun to watch and also to have on your team and score you a lot of points. So. You, you've been on the hype train for like four years. Oh God. Yeah. I, I, I drafted him in my dynasty, my rookie year. So I, I've been with, with him from the beginning. He's, he's always been like your number one pick too. Yeah. And uh, maybe go. The fact that you have him this year is ridiculous. <laughs> hey man, I had to make moves in order to get him. I had to do it. I had to do it. He, he deserved to be in his rightful place. And it, and it still may not matter. It still may not. It may not but I mean, at least I put myself in position without him. I'd be. So who would you ever trade him away for two really good players? Only if they're two running backs. That's it. That's it. And then, but they would have well, to be a good to be running back. And then maybe I could probably an RB two to even it out. And maybe I'll throw in some other running back. That's not Chris Carson. <laughs> yeah. Cause he's, he's gotten you a bunch yeah, of points. Well, you know, you live and die by the sword anyway. All right, let's move on. That's all we got really for the breaking events. Uh, I'm mixing metaphors here, breaking news, current events. So let's move on to the rest of our top five weekly position rankings and let's get into the wide receiver. Alex, what are we looking at here? Number five, Deontay Johnson. Uh, this is a, a fun one for me because Sam asked me before the game started, do I go Adam Thielen or Deontay Deontay? And I was like, I go Deontay Thielen hasn't done much. Of course he puts up two touchdowns tonight, but whatever that was. One was a ridiculous catch behind the, defenders back and at the number four spot Willie Sneed uh with 20.9 points uh not drafted uh in our league not rostered and only rostered in one percent of leagues DeAndre Hopkins doing DeAndre Hopkins things in the third spot at 22.2 Cole Beasley I can't believe on this list at the number two spot that's a blast from the past I sat him I sat him in one of my uh in one of my leagues and I lost that league and probably would have won had I started him uh, but I have Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks and uh, Mike Evans. I have a lot, a lot of people. Anyway, number one spot, Marquez Valdez-Scantling uh, with 22.9. But it's the Green Bay Packers. They throw points around. Exactly. Like- I, I, I'm. That's almost, to me, picking Green Bay wide receivers is such a fruitless endeavor because you never know who's just going to have these games because Aaron Rodgers is going to sling it. It's a desperate, it's a desperate endeavor. Yes. Agreed. Desperate is the best way to state that. Um, All right. And let's get into our final rankings of the day. We got coming in for the running back position at number five. We have Deandre Swift finally starting to come on here. The rookie uh, with 23 points. He had uh, 81 rushing yards and 68 uh, through the air and one touchdown through the air. So that'll get it done. Ronald Jones, the second for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. As you said, all the Bucks making up a lot of points here. Doesn't matter who, uh, where they are on the depth chart. Uh, he came in with 24 points. He had 192 rushing yards. My goodness, sir. One of them was on one drive, a 98 yard touchdown run, which really just put him on the map. Uh, I like to see this. Uh, they should just keep giving this guy the ball. Forget Leonard Fournette. Just give it all to Ronald Jones. The guy's got the talent. Just do it, guys. Well, they kind of did. Leonard Fournette only got like well, five Well, I hope points. they stick with this. That I need the consistency here. So, anyway, that's my pitch to the uh, Bruce Arenas uh, is to start Ronald Jones and give him the rock. Uh, coming in number three, we have Ninem Hines. Okay, having a Ninem Hines sighting with 26 points, 70 yards on the ground, 45 through the air, one each rushing and passing. 
Josh Jacobs comes in at number two. Oh, wow. Josh Jacobs, you know, I haven't seen his name much at all this season. Coming in with 27 points, uh, finally doing some more stuff what we thought he was going to do at the beginning of the season. 112 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Uh, coming in at number one, ugh, I had to play against this guy. This is the guy, man. Alvin Kamara, 31 yard, uh, 31 points, uh, only 15 rushing yards, but he did have two touchdowns, only eight touches, uh, and then another 83 through the air and another touchdown. So three touchdowns, that'll get you those points, but not many rushing yards. So that that is a bit of a, a curious one right there. Yeah, do you want to talk about – we're in running backs. Do you want to talk about Zeke while we're here? Yeah, I, you know what? I, I, I think we can. Let's talk about Zeke. So, like, for the last four weeks, he hasn't had Dak. It happened five weeks ago that he lost his quarterback. October 11th. Was yep, the that's right. And so all the games since then have not been typical Zeke stats. So I do want to point out here, and I'll just run through this a little bit. He hasn't actually been putting up Zeke numbers most of the season. Now, uh, the first week he had 96 yards, second week 89. So that's somewhat typical, but you almost for Zeke, you still almost expect 100 plus as the average. Uh, only has... One touchdown each of the first three weeks. Uh, third week, he had 34 rushing yards, then 54, then had 91 the week of the Giants game. But then since then, he's had 49, 45, 63, 51. So nothing and no touchdowns since Dak has gone down. He has zero rushing touchdowns. That That's crazy. Yeah, he hasn't gotten more than eight um, points. Touches. The touches this season just aren't there. The first two weeks, he had 22 apiece. Then from there, he hasn't hit over 18 touches since week three, he had 18 this week. He had 19 last week. I'm sorry. But outside of that, he's had 14, 12, 19, 12, 12. I mean, like, I, I, it's a very curious thing to be Zeke Elliott and only getting 12 touches a game, regardless of what the score. Right. And I've got I've got people in leagues who have traded him away and they're in last place and uh, to get Zeke. And it's just it's so. So much shenanigans going on with Zeke and them saying, well, he's a number one running back. And it's like, I, I kind of, I looked at the numbers and you've got people like David Johnson, uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, Leonard Fournette, even all above him in the last four weeks that you could have put on your team who would have gotten you more. Daryl Henderson Jr., uh, McKinnon, Philip Lindsay's on there, David Montgomery, who wasn't even playing tonight. Uh, DJ Dallas, Gus Edwards. There's so many other uh, running backs you could have started that you would have gotten off the waiver wire, or there were like our low end RB twos that get you more points. So basically, you're saying you could have streamed a running back and had a better chance of getting more points than point starting Zeke. That's how crazy it is that uh, that that's the value of Dak. Yeah, it, that it's part of the whole picture here. I mean, it seems like the whole season they're having a tough go at it. I mean, they were chasing a lot of points in those first like four weeks. They're always chasing points. But even with that, I, I don't know how they're not feeding them the rock in the beginning of the game then to try to really break them open. Um, I, I was checking out this uh, article from the Dallas Morning News of this talk of decline of Zeke already. I mean, the guy's 25. I'm not overly concerned. I think it's a lot of factors. I think their offensive line seems to be really banged up and not what it used to be in past years. Um, like I said, they're not playing with the lead. They're always down a lot, usually, especially in those first games. So the defense has not been helping him uh, kind of feed him the ball. And then the quarterback thing, I think, was just the cherry on the top this year because now there's no other threat. It's not the quarterback. All they need to do is stack the box. And most of the time, same thing. The defense hasn't changed, so they're still chasing points. So... I think all that factors in. He still has to be a first round draft pick next year, right? Like I don't, I don't buy the idea that he's in decline. 
is is Dak back next year? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, that is a big factor in this. And I, so what, what would you do? So say, here we go. Let's just play either or. If Dak is not back next year, do you think he's a first round pick? No, I don't take Dak. I take him in like the fourth round. Right. If Dak is not back, I don't take Zeke wow. until the fourth round. Okay. So basically, he's not going to be on your team because somebody's going to take the jump on him at like at least the third round. But all right. So basically, if you were even late first round, you're like, nope, late second round. Nope, I'm good. Um, all right. Because you and I do the same thing. So I'm going to have two wide yeah, receivers yeah, I know. on my uh, team. <laughs> I'm getting one of the top three tight ends. I'm getting one of the number one uh, wide receivers. And then, you know, I'm going to try to, the the next one's a wild card. The next one kind of, who knows, but probably it's supposed to be a wide receiver, but I may pull the trigger on some running back that's still on the board that shouldn't be. We have the same. So would you try to trade for or get rid of Zeke? Like, would would you try to make a move to pick up Zeke if you get him for? I'm getting rid of, I'm selling all. So even if you could offer just Josh Kelly for Zeke, would you take it? Uh, Okay, yeah, yeah, that's what I, I thought. Would. Okay, you're not all out on <laughs> Zeke. That's, I just want to point that out. All right, Alex. Um, so let's move in then to our kind of week recaps here and look how we did. So why don't you start us off here? Because I, I just don't feel like it. I'm, I went one and three because Thielen had such a great night. Uh, so that, I mean, at least I won where it counted. Uh, yeah, I was also uh, one in two because I'm only in three leagues and – I'm kind of having a mid-season breakdown here all over. The only one I won is the league that I'm already not in like real good contention with, but I've actually been trying to make sure I'm, I'm, I'm looking at that one closer because I could maybe squeak in if I win, run the table for the rest of the season. Uh, so I'm really trying to put some effort in there, but my other two leagues, I'm just, um, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I don't know. I don't have answers and it's not feeling good. So you scored more points than I did. This well, week. you know, that's, that's just part of this bitter pill I'm swallowing right now, where even when I'm doing well, I don't do well because I, in our LA locals league are in, I had the number two overall points scored this week. So that sounds great. What happens? I play the only person who had one more points scored than I did. So that's fantasy football. And it is. And that's a life lesson that, you know, would you have won? Uh, I believe someone yes. else? if I started Lamar Jackson over Ryan Tannehill, I believe I would have won barely. Was that intentional or did you just not check no. it and Thursday night came? You know, I, it, I okay, I, I did. It, Thursday night came and Ryan Tannehill's in, but Ryan Tannehill has been my starter since probably week four. And what round did you draft Lamar Jackson? Three. <laughs> I drafted him in the third round. Okay. That's all I was going to say. But hey, listen, it's not how you draft. It's how you pick up on the waiver wire. And I picked up Ryan Tannehill and he's done me well. So it was just one of those weeks that he had an off week. Maybe what if I looked at it before Thursday's night game, I might have decided to pull the trigger on Lamar Jackson just because of the matchup. But I didn't. And it didn't help me out. And also A.J. Brown then subsequently did not play well either. So, you know, again, those not. are two of my bell welder, uh, bell cow guys. Like what can I do? Occasionally ever, somebody's not going to have a good game. And you know, uh, that's just what it was this week. And I still had an overall good game. Uh, but I played right. When did you draft Tannehill? I picked him up off the waiver wire in like week three. Okay. All right. No, no, I was yeah. just checking. Yeah. It's crazy how fantasy football goes sometimes. Right. 
But, you know, hey, I didn't draft uh, DeAndre Hopkins, but he's on my team now. So, again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Sorry, all right. All right. All right. So, h- how did you do in our LA Locals League, Alex? I, I had a bye week this week because I played against Kyle. Uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs were were on a bye as well. Uh, so, that's part of why. So, he started off in a bad spot. And then I think he even had, like, David Montgomery up in his – flex spot until about like 11 a.m. when he finally he actually his highest uh point getter that wasn't his quarterback was the person he picked up was rex burkhart rex burkhead so he got like 20 oh. points because he did you that. know are you kidding me are you kidding me because i had the option between rex burkhart and i picked up uh i picked up gus edwards from the baltimore ravens in, in place of chris carson and if i picked yeah. up rex burkhart i would have won Exactly. So he scored 20 points in his flex from that, but I was already winning pretty heavily at that point, so it didn't matter. I just couldn't pick up Rex Burkhart, though, because he's such a up and down, like not even up and down. It's like it's like it's like once every four games, he decides to have a great game. And And this was the fourth game. That's my that's my season. Go. That's how it's going in my midseason swoon here for me. So, well, you should trade your good players to me. Um, I'll give you wins for all of them. Okay. Well, luckily I, I am not a, uh, I'm not the type that I actually, I would, I would give you two wide receivers for your number one wide receiver. You could pick any two wide receivers on my I, team. I do find it reassuring that how jealous you are of two of my players and you consistently try to go after them and you compliment them all the time. So I do feel good about that, that I have put together like a solid core. It's just everything around that yet hasn't like. So hear me out. Hear me out. If I'm in the finals and it's down to me and Tyler and you know, you're not going to be in the playoffs. You're, you're out, you know, like it is what it is. Uh, the person that can beat Tyler uh, is the person who has his wide receiver as quarterback. So he has Kyler Murray as his quarterback. If I had DeAndre Hopkins, then I've now beaten Tyler because that's his point. So getter. that's very presumptuous of you to think that you're just automatically going to be in this hypothetical championship game. So, I mean, I do want to remind you that I came back and snuck into the sixth spot last season and made my way to the championship also by beating you. So I'm going to need my players so I can beat you so I can go to the championship. So that's how that's going to work. We're going to be on the other side of that this year because I'm not. So we can only meet uh, in the championship. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, because we're yeah, exactly. So it's not going to matter. You know, one of us is going to go up against Tyler before then. All right. Well, uh, maybe Tyler will find a swoon somewhere as well. You never know. Uh, Mike Davis got I I heard Mike Davis Uh, also did actually injure something, too. So I don't know how extensive it is. I haven't seen anything pop up after I saw that just kind of flash by. So maybe maybe in CMC. I don't know what he's doing either. So. No, I think CMC's out for a little bit. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think he's still out. Yeah. With that shoulder injury. So. Uh, my other leagues. Yeah. This is the one, this is what we wanted to bring up and talk about. I lost by exactly 2.4 points, 0.24 points, 0.24 points. Yeah. Um, that that's heartbreaking, especially cause you had high hopes that perhaps you could have pulled that I, one out. Here's the crazy part too, is that I had Deandre Hopkins and that, <laughs> That Hail Mary touchdown literally almost sent me over, and then I'm still down by 2.24 points. What and, a roller coaster ride of emotion. Yeah. Uh, and okay. And so, what I mentioned at the top of the show, 
where I could have started a guy and I should have started a guy and I didn't start a guy. And why didn't you text me to start all players from a certain team? I had Ronald Jones Jr. And I'm seeing him, the highlight of him running the 98 yard touchdown run. I'm like, all right, actually this might put me back in the running in that, that game of my dynasty. And also I had him obviously in our LA locals league. And then I went and checked my roster just to kind of get that dopamine fix for, for looking the, of the points popping up. And I'm like, he's on the bench. Stupid son of a gun! Why would you leave him on the bench? Uh, I, I God, it's just, it's just, it's where I'm at in this swoon, man. I, I, re, and I really did my roster. I was like, okay, I'll do all this, and somehow it's like one of those things I just overlooked because I was worried about the Duke. Because uh, I haven't been starting Ronald Jones. I've had, um, I had uh, David Johnson, and then he went out, and so then I was like, oh, I got to start somebody else, and. I, I, I don't know. I just went with my ride receiver heavy lineup and I didn't put um, Ronald Jones in there and I'm, I regretted it. And it's just, this is where my luck's going, man. I was riding high in all my leagues and then I hit this midseason swoon and everything's just falling apart. So that's, that's fantasy football life. And that's just how the, how the cookie crumbles sometimes. So, you know, yeah, I'm not as down on myself as you seem to be, but, uh, it is what it is. You know, if you if I lose by one point, and I did, uh, I lost by less than one point because of Drew Brees going out and I could have started Cam Newton or literally anybody else on the bench. I could have swapped out. I could have made – I could have just smashed my head against the phone, uh, drug my nose up and down like I was playing in some pudding and then clicked save and I would have done better than what I ended up with. I have Ugh, so many points on the bench. That's the worst feeling when you have multiple points. Although just even the one points, it's just, it's just awful. Especially when it's, I'm already over it. I'm already over it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm know, basically over it too. I had Michael Pittman on the bench for both teams, but you know what? That's one of those players that I was never going to start. He has to start showing me something first before I put him in. But the Ronald Jones is one of those ones I regret that that's where I wish I gave him an invitation to the dance. Okay. Well, enough pity party here, Alex. Um, well, maybe a little bit more. Uh, I wanted to talk to you real quick about my dynasty league. So this is the league where I was riding high. I was going to be five and two. Then I got penalized for dumb rules. I lost that game and I'm on a three game losing streak. Now I'm, right now outside of the bracket for playoffs and we do a thing called we have taxi squads where you can pick up a guy and put him on your taxi squad and it only counts against half of your uh your salary cap but you can't play him throughout the season you have to move him to an active roster and once you do that you can't drop him back down if a guy is on a taxi squad any other guy owner can go i want to put a claim on him though that owner then has a decision, either move him to the active roster or let him go. And the person who puts the claim has to start that player for two weeks in a row, though. So if it's like kind of a rookie and you're uh, still having up and down, but you do think he's going to be a, a you know high value in the future, it might be worth, is it worth the short-term pain for the long-term game kind of thing? I'm also getting to the point where I just want to start wreaking havoc. And I think I'm just going to start making taxi claims to, to screw with people because I'm getting really mad at this league. <laughs> and I'm also just, you know what? I'm just going to let a roster go. I'm not going to, uh, you know what? If they want to play by those, those dumb rules, I'm just going to let it ride. And if I have a guy on a bye week or an injury guy, oops, sorry. Are, are these people you like? Are these people you have to deal with on a regular basis? Uh, no, not really. I mean, like we, I, I know them, we've been in this league for like eight or nine years now, but yeah, I'll, I'm ready to throw some, throw some shade at them. And then, I mean, you know, you're talking to like the king of yeah. psychological warfare. So like I'm 100% <laughs> on board. <laughs> I say you start yeah. making claims yeah. for everybody. I would, I would start, I would honestly find the person 
who's also bitter towards the league, be like, hey, man, do you you see what's going on here? We should both do this and get like other people. So you're not the only heel in the group. Like people are like, what is like going that. on? Why, why are there so many claims? Like, so it just, and then I think they'll start putting claims out because they'll think like someone else is behind it. I, I do have to bring in some co-conspirators. Cause actually after, I think it was last season, the season before I just started making a bunch of claims one week and some people started getting mad. And so I think there's a limit on claims. So I do think I have to pull in some conspirators to, to enact a full plan of just sabotage for the whole league and, and throw chaos. Chaos yeah, is a ladder. My I friend would. chaos is a ladder. So remember that. Remember that. That's a, that's a life lesson you can get out of fantasy football. Chaos is a ladder. Live in the gray. Oh, look at that. How all right, Alex. So that was my little rant there for my dynasty. Who I'm, I'm very mad at them all right now. Uh, I feel like that's the reason I've all of a sudden gone in this this uh, downward spiral here. So what else you got? Do you have anything else for strategy talk? Or did you want to move into some, some sit-start debates? Or do you got strategy talk? Yeah, I want to move into the sit-start stuff. I think that's a great idea. Um, we've got a bunch of sit stars debates but i don't think it'll take us too long some of them seem kind of boneheadish if you will they've got tim patrick or leonard fournette <laughs> for next week i alex can you tell us the joke tell tell, tell the story of what we were pre, pre-record let's just do it again let's just do it again and you respond the same way uh so we've got some sit start debates uh should be real quick i want to do let's see tim patrick or leonard fournette who yeah, exactly. So Leonard Fournette wins. Uh, Travis Fulgram or Jacoby Myers? Uh, Travis Fulgram. Uh, Travis Fulgram. I'm going Myers. Okay. Uh, Myers has been the hot hand. Even this week with a bad matchup, he put up like 14 points. I would be tr- – oh, man, I want some Myers. Uh, Albie's got him, so forget it. Oh, he'll, he'll, he'll want Miles Sanders and, uh, <laughs> and, and, and Kelsey yeah, and, and Kelsey. Josh Allen all together. For- yeah. <laughs> and, a, and a defense uh, all right Hawkinson or Andrews uh, oh, this is a tough one Andrews has really been underperforming this season I mean I have him on my team uh, one of my teams so I am aware I think Hawkinson it just ride the hot hand right now I mean I think overall you're out of a better floor with Andrews but I think Hawkinson has a higher upside right now what do you think I go Andrews but I'm an Andrews homer Okay. All right. So you're going to ride or die Andrews for you, just like I am for Hopkins. He, he's, he's my number three tight end. So he stays on my big board. He just have a, he's had a lower average season than he did last year. So, Oh, I agree. You could definitely look at some of the other tight ends that have put up more points, but the sure. floor is there though, of like anywhere about at 10 points is his floor. Generally. I see him like old school, okay. Jimmy Graham. What does that mean? Uh, he has those games where he's put up 14 points. Like it's clockwork. Uh, but then there are games where they're not using him because maybe he's injured or maybe there's a different game plan. Um, but for the most part, he's either 14 or nothing. So, and I'll just point out the Ravens have had a tough season with their offense. Um, but it seems like they're trying different things to get it going and they played better this week. So if they do get going, expect him to start lighting it up. So I, you know, overall stick with them. Do I go Carson Wentz or Jameis Winston? Wentz to Winston. Ooh, (laughs) ha ha ha. I I am I am quickly losing faith in everything Philadelphia Eagles right now. I I just but I was kind of like a doubter in the beginning of the season when you were telling me though Wentz is still throwing up all these points playing bad, but now all of a sudden it's starting he to catch was. up with him where he's he still was. playing bad, but he's not getting the points that kind of were kind of miraculously coming out of nowhere. So I I until I till until I get some 
turnaround evidence. I, I just don't know about this Eagles team uh, <laughs> trusting anybody. I mean, even Miles Sanders just had a pedestrian game. It's just difficult. So, I mean, Winston, though, we had that talk earlier. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm high on the idea of a reclamation project. They did the same thing with Teddy Bridgewater last season, and if he can just play like three games, like – I like Winston in that specific role long-term. I, do I trust him? I don't know, but in like a very short amount of a uh, timeframe in this offense with this coach, uh, I kind of like him. Well, I'm going up against Sam. So it's important that I get this decision correct or else I won't live this down for another year. What is Josh Allen on a buy? He is. Oh, I, I'm, uh, I'll be honest. I, if, it, if it was just me, I'd take a flyer on Winston, but I know we both value things a lot differently, but that's just my general gut reaction right now. I, I would have to do a lot of shuffling. Uh, oh, you could, you'd have to drop somebody cause you wouldn't get rid of Wentz yet. That's, that's probably the key point you would. Yeah. I would probably, that would be the only way I could get Winston, uh, would be getting rid of Wentz. And I don't know. I it's two games. We're talking he's had two bad games point-wise. The rest of them were 20 burgers. You know what I mean? So, uh, And those were also bad games. So I'm not ready to give up on Wentz uh, just yet. See, in that situation, that's tough to drop him for – I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I, many people would pick up Wentz if you dropped him uh, off the off chance. So that's my point. Sure. People are still, people are still offering me trades for Wentz, even with – the two weeks of poor performance. See, I might take them up on that and then try to pick up Winston. Although you'd have to make that come together pretty quickly in order for all those things to kind of fall in the right place. Cause everybody's going to make a run for Winston too. Uh, so do you think so? I don't really think people are as high up as we are. Mm, yeah. Okay. Maybe I, I, I'm, I don't know. Maybe I am. Yeah. That might just be me. So I don't feel like people know that stat. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's just, I went through the Teddy Bridgewater thing. So I just had this background and that's just where my point of view comes from. But I, I get the feeling of where you're coming from. And now hearing you talk about it, I maybe would just roll the dice with Wentz then and, and not worry about the shuffling around and the Winston, just, just roll the dice. Like it's your guy. You, you stuck with him this far. All right. Yeah, we'll see where it goes. I mean, and listen, it's Sam too. Like Sam's not a juggernaut. You know what I mean? Like you're not going up against a Bill or a Tyler where you really got to find hit every single cylinder. Uh, so I, I don't know. I think you can roll the dice there. So I rescind my Jameis Winston comment for you specifically. Me specifically. The last one is Ingram or McKissick. McKissick. I think so, right? Is Ingram even rosterable at this point? I don't think so. Is, is he even coming back? Or I mean like... He's he played. He got like four points, six points. Yeah, no, I don't. I I think they're in the transition of moving over to um, Dobbins, and they have uh, they had Gus Edwards yeah. on there too. Who he had he had seven points. It wasn't like nothing. It, it's not like he put yeah, up. Yeah, he any, did well. Sure, but it's a three headed monster, and none of them are getting a lot. Of yeah, food. no, I I think Ingram's kind of run. He had his big game, his big year last year, and I think he's run out of steam there. So that's where I I, I think McKissick is the better choice in that moment. All right. Sounds good. Is there anything else we're going to do tonight or are we going to say goodbye? I think we're going to say goodbye, Alex. Uh, I think that was a good show. We touched on a lot of different points there, so I'm pretty happy. How about you? I'm pretty happy. You can reach me at TikTok at Alex Laughs. Where can they find us? Uh, They can find us at Fantasy Football Wins on Instagram. (laughs) I had to 
I had to think about that one. I confuse the email and the Instagram all the time. So anyway, you can find us at Fantasy Football Wins on Instagram. Go check us out. We're going to keep trying to put up some fun little videos there. Uh, if you have any feedback, hit us up at fantasyfootballstrategy at gmail.com. And you can reach me on my personal account at jshravs on Twitter. I got a little bit more active this week, although it was more with Formula One talk than fantasy football talk. But I'm getting better. Woo, you could say that again. <laughs> All right, man. I'll talk to you later. (laughs) All right, John.